from one side. Uh, one uh, one nasty wave almost flipped the boat, but I I managed to balance it. But uh, at the at the same time, why? Well, yeah, one of my carbon six my carbon ores gave out, and uh, I'm happy to have the, the spare ones. Happy Monday, folks, and welcome to the last day of January. We're one-twelfth away through the year, and if you haven't set a goal for an adventure, do it. Just last night, I uh, I talked it over with my wife, and I set a goal uh, to do an adventure I've been thinking about this year, uh, for the last few years, actually, and finally said, all right, got to make it happen this year. So more, more news to come on that will be happening in the summer. But if you haven't set a goal yet, I am excited to bring you today's episode because Carlos was such an inspiring conversation. I, re- I remember this talk from a couple years ago about <laughs> he's calling us from Papua New Guinea, by the way, too. So uh, pretty adventurous just in the fact that he's calling us fr- from so far around the world, talking about this experience of circumnavigating the globe via human power. And we are going to absolutely have to have him back on to tell the rest of the story. I figured that it would just be such a great episode to uh, to get the juices flowing, to keep the things rolling. I know we've been talking a lot lately about huge adventures, and I want to pare it down to things that are sometimes more relatable, sometimes we can do uh, on a you know more regular basis. I will be doing a very short adventure in a couple weekends. So if anybody's in the Florida area, Central Florida, want to go kayaking for two days, uh, let me know. I'm going to be doing an overnighter with some friends, and I'm trying to fit those in at least every other month this year. So six adventures a year at the minimum um, with even smaller ones and uh, different opportunities throughout. So between the big circumnavigations of the globe, fit in as much adventure as you can because it's all the same stuff. It's just essentially just the amount of time you can be out there doing it. So, all right, without further ado, let's get into Carlos's story. Where exactly are you right now? So it is a north uh, eastern part of uh, Papua New Guinea province, Madang. Uh, well, not a village; it's a kind of a city. But uh, yeah, <laughs> really difficult to call this a city. But it's here some something around like six hundred thousand inhabitants. So it was wow. it's uh, quite a big place. But those guys are living somewhere. Somewhere around there is some small islands around. So at least I I I'm staying in one um, uh, secure place where is like 24 hours uh, security. And because well there is a like high crime, but at the same time when I arrived, I understood that the same law of traveling around is working also here. Like 99% of the People are kind, nice, welcoming, friendly, and then there is one percent of just just some jerks who, who ruins the yeah the impression of all country. But uh, up to now, only good experience, and uh, everyone is friendly and and nice to me. So <laughs> wonderful, I'm man. How, how long do you think you're gonna spin there? Uh, right now, uh, 
I thought to stay like uh, just one week. I already ar I arrived uh, something around four days ago. But uh, there is this issue with the satellite phone because um, uh, I have one phone which I use for uh, communication with the media uh, back in my country. And at the same time, I, go, I get some like weather forecasts, some advices from, from my voluntary friends who, who help me with the, like I don't have like a professional uh, weatherman or something. I have a friend who is a sailor and he, he has sailed across the Pacific and he knows something more about this thing and, uh, and he just uh, checks the weather and um, then I get uh, updates on my satellite phone. So that's uh, like a crucial, crucial equipment. So I need to wait replacement for that because one week ago uh, before I arrived here in Madang, my phone just gave out, I think, antenna or something. And here's nobody who, have, who, who, who has some skills to fix it. I don't know how to fix it myself. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, it's kind of important. And I found some uh, solution uh, from Australia, whereas my... Uh, friends who who can uh, who could just uh, send me the use it phone um, just to use it for a couple of months so yeah <laughs> just really waiting for that now at the DHL so wow you you never know what's gonna what's gonna happen when you go on an adventure right <laughs> well yeah and usually usually you take some backups uh, and I do have a almost. Uh, item I have uh, even I have like a spare water maker but uh, I don't I didn't had like a separate like a additional satellite phone uh, so yeah <laughs> wow it's it, so you are in Papua New Guinea because you rode there from from Peru correct uh, that's correct yeah well well this this uh, story like requires some backtracking yes, because yes. Uh, it's part of a much bigger adventure start or, or <laughs> i don't know have we started already or i don't know I, I'll uh, tell you what, yeah we, we 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 start the interview i'll give a official intro after um when i record when i go to edit the the video or the episode so i yeah. want to hear you know how you got to this point and basically um, you know, I mentioned in the intro board of borders is, is your, uh, kind of your expedition, your overall, the, the, the bigger theme of what you're doing. And it came out of, um, you wanting to do something more with your life. Do you, do you mind taking us back to, to what you were doing before all this? And then essentially how you got to where you are now? Oh yeah. Let's, let's do that. All let's right. jump on. Cool. Basically, all this uh, started, the uh, Board of Borders started in 2013. Finally, I decided and I made some, not only decisions, but uh, also some practical things to move forward. Before that, uh, I was working in a recycling company uh, as a, in a research and development. And also, I was in charge of one recycling facility in my country in latvia that's northeastern europe and mm -hmm. uh, that was a job which actually i was enjoying because it uh, gives uh, some more added value uh, to the nature to environment around you not only that someone pays you salary every month but also some some added value and that was important for me so but uh, we 
every uh, vacations what I get <laughs> as my background is climbing I, I didn't have any problems to uh, to have an idea it's like oh where should I go on my vacation that was always like I went to climb some mountains some uh, frozen waterfalls some rock faces uh, always uh, when I came back from those trips I had an idea oh how I could prolong that thing you know how I could how I could just uh, change that because two weeks three weeks feel like so alive feel full of juice and then I'm back at work but even though the work w uh, was was uh, also interesting I was uh, more focused on my priorities and that was like I decided to live in adventure and how I could do that and that was like a big question for me and actually I went to one uh, climbing meet UK that was a mountaineering council uh, organized event so yeah I heard the story of uh, Nick Bullock uh, I don't know if I pronounced his name correctly but he's a climber from UK and uh, his book came out that year, Echos, uh, One Climber's One Climber's Hard Road to Freedom. Uh, and I heard him speak on that event. And after that, I was just like blown away. I had so much inspiration from him. And uh, I thought, no, I have to do something with, with my life too. And uh, if I want to live in adventure bought his book and I was reading his book I already kind of made decision that I will quit my job I will start to go on adventures but I was kind of let's say afraid because uh, this decision was so important because it, it means that uh, I will change completely my life that's why I read this book very very slowly because I knew what kind of decision I will make by the end of that book yeah when I finished the book I was already planning uh, my trip across uh, Europe on roller skates it's a kind of a mixed uh, thing like roller skates and roller skis so that was my first big adventure across Europe uh, for uh, 60 days every day uh, roller skiing about 100 kilometers that was a cool trip because my friends were following me with the camp one they did cooking they did driving they did communicate they communicate with the media and posted uh, on socials and they supported me uh, cheering up and that was really cool trip and that was from north of uh, Norway to south of uh, Spain uh, so from North Cape to Gibraltar a bit more than 6,000 kilometers in uh, 60 days. Ah, oh, that was just amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, and then just step by step, uh, one project, full next project. Eventually, um, I end up planning the trip around the world by human power. Uh, so, I'm not using any sail or any motor to move myself forward. So in 2016, uh, I rode with my friend uh, from Africa, uh, from Namibia to Brazil. Uh, that was 142 days. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we planned actually for 100 days. And uh, so it ended up like uh, 42 days uh, uh, longer and slower. So we had, uh, we had some problems, some health issues and... Uh, uh, like actually quite severe and when I look back now to that adventure sometimes I even thought like 
well, how we actually get through that? And uh, yeah, it's um, it, there is a nice movie. Uh, I like to share my adventures uh, afterwards. So I I took uh, nice footage and and some of my friends helped me with the movie editing. Yeah, there's a movie called Touched by the Ocean. That's kind of a essence of. Uh, that adventure, all that story, like how we how we started by just like googling. Uh, that was actually how I started. Yeah, I googled how to row an ocean. That was uh, around four years ago. So I'm not a sailor. I'm not a, like a professional athlete. But I didn't know it anything about that. But I think nobody knows anything about something before he learns that. And uh, and so I just yeah, I just started from from zero and. Um, and uh, started to learn about all the navigation and uh, about the boats and <laughs> what kind of food we need on the boat and etc. And also, of course, I know the listeners are listening uh, to this now and thinking, okay, okay, man, but where did you get the money, you know? <laughs> that, that's always a big question. How do people pay for it? Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, there is no like magic stick. I don't have a magic stick that is just I can just wave and 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 then the money appears. Uh, right. That's just uh, the the same as I think uh, all of uh, adventurers have done who who has some sponsorship. They start with the smaller projects. They build some portfolio. Uh, they build some credibility just slowly, step by step with each project. You can, you can move forward and attract bigger and bigger companies. So even though like my, my for example, uh, my project is mostly known, uh, to be honest, just in my country and we are 1.8 million people there. So you can imagine those are smaller markets for the big companies uh, and uh, smaller markets for everything. I kind of found the solution for this. I asked for really small money, like, but I asked to a lot of companies. So I don't have like anchor sponsors, but I have like 40 companies who support with some uh, small things or uh, for them, maybe it's not uh, a lot of, uh, it's a big budget for me. And uh, if I put all that, all those 40 supporters together, then it's, it's can, it, it can be, it can be done. So, so yeah, that's, that's kind of my solution to that. And, but uh, yeah, it's always uh, like a full-time work when I'm back from Brazil, because I planned to do that in a couple of stages. So first stage was to cross South Atlantic. Then I came back to my country for one year uh, when I gathered uh, the funds, made documentary and uh, shared the story with a lot of people. <laughs> and then uh, went back to Brazil to continue. So it took me like one year to restart uh, myself and <laughs> my squeezed budget. Uh, and then I could go back and, and continue. So in 2018, January, uh, went back to Brazil uh, to continue the journey uh, with the tandem bicycle. Uh, so uh, I I was uh, teamed up with my friend. Uh, at that time, she was my girlfriend, 
And uh, we planned this trip together that we will continue also further after crossing the South America, that we will continue to row together with, uh, with this rowing boat across the Pacific. But, uh, well, uh, when we crossed the South America, she was done with the big trip. She said that uh, she, she wants to do something else in her life and uh, she has some other priorities. So she went back from Lima she went back to Europe. Yeah, I was I was there. My boat was there, and I had all food for two people for uh, enough enough to reach uh, Asia. Go for that. <laughs> Actually, I couldn't I couldn't wait to be on the ocean. Uh, most of those uh, adventure people before big trips. The the preparation part is like just so consuming. You are. You're so tired that you just want to go out and <laughs> and recharge yourself with all the nature power. So right. that's what I was waiting for, really. And in Lima, when I was about to leave, uh, so I had preparation for, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks there. And uh, so when I finally took off from there, uh, 2018, 14 of July, I was just so happy that I, I rode for a couple of days and then I knew that I will be off the coast of the main uh, shipping lines and I will be able to sleep. <laughs> so for a couple of days, uh, I was just, uh, you know, chilling out uh, the enjoying ocean. There was really uh, strong winds, big waves. But uh, apart from that, I was lucky because those waves and the wind was pushing me westward so the right direction and i was just i was just happy i was just so you you went out on your own what was it hard to navigate the boat by yourself so that was something new which because atlantic we did with my, i did with my friend and uh, the schedule on the boat when you are when there's two uh, rowers uh you do like two hour shifts two hours rowing one is rowing the other one is resting for two hours sleeping eating uh, i don't know crying or, or laughing or calling mom <laughs> and uh so each two hours you change the shifts and uh but when you mm, do it solo uh it's a bit different and uh, you basically you use all the sunlight daylight uh what you what you have so you wake up early just i wake up a, a bit before the sun comes up so at five o'clock uh, not depends on the uh, on the time zone but uh, around five or six o'clock in the morning i row for uh, about two hours then i eat breakfast then i row for two, uh, four hours then i eat lunch uh, then i row for six or seven hours and uh, then I eat something, a little bit, not really heavy dinner, but, uh, and then I go to sleep. So it means like uh, just when the sun goes down, I also, I also switch, uh, switch off. Uh, so a uh, little bit difficult uh, in terms of that uh, there, is, um, there is a time when no one is like uh, on the watch uh, on the boat and no one is balancing the boat. But at the same time, the boat is equipped with uh, equipment uh, which can detect uh, the big ships, uh, the big tankers. And it's quite uh, important because when 330 meters tanker, 
there's like a stadium, you know, just six-story building uh, going to your direction. That's scary. Yeah, quite scary, but uh, at the same time, uh, I, I always uh, call them on the radio, so uh, so I communicate with those big ships, and uh, there, there have been situations when they say, but where? We don't see you. Where you are out there? I said, I'm really small boat, really low, uh, really close to the waterline, so you won't be able to see me. Just just check my position on, on this radar. Some time to time, I even had to ask uh, to change their course. And even though it's a 330 meters uh, tanker, like with the very important uh, cargoes, they change the course and they give away to a small rowing boat. And, uh, and so they are very polite and I'm very grateful for that. So yeah, w once there was a nice chat between uh, me and the tanker, and when I reached out to them, there was, there, there was like, they, they came back to me like, Really? Uh, is that correct? The rowing boat? <laughs> so, <laughs> that was that was fun. But in Atlantic, uh, in Atlantic Ocean, we had um, we had encounters with those big ships. Uh, we had, uh, as I said back then, we had health problems, and we even were running out uh, on some medicines and uh, and some vitamins. So we asked whether it's possible for them to stop. To stop that tanker and uh, support us with uh, with some uh, some medicines, those big ships they just well it took some time for them to stop because they uh, even even if they start to to this process of, of stopping it takes some time and then then we were approaching closer and uh, they lowered down by the ropes uh, some uh, some bags with. Uh, with some fresh uh, like apples and uh, grapefruits and oranges and that just blew <laughs> blew our minds off but that was in atlantic and we even we even hit the one tanker when we were uh, when we were so close to big ship but all good the tanker didn't sunk so <laughs> <laughs> And you guys didn't either, I assume. Yeah, that's uh, everything is on the movie. It's uh, quite fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. So be between uh, inline skating across Europe and then uh, bicycling on a tandem bicycle, as well as ocean rowing, uh, wh which of the sports do you find most challenging, and which do you do you enjoy the most personally? Let's take a quick message break and hear from the folks that help make this show possible. You know, on this show, we talk a lot about the adventure, but it's honestly the time between the adventure that is most important, being adventure ready, as we say. And the most important aspect of that is knowing your body and knowing what's going on inside your body. And the most important company that can help you do that is Inside Tracker, literally tracking what's going on inside your body. Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data and provides you with a clear picture of what exactly is going on so that you can make changes to your diet or see what's working, what isn't. And how they do it is they analyze all the data from your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers to help you optimize your body and know what's really going on. So if you'd like to learn more or get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store, go to InsideTracker.com dot com slash adventure sports 
That is insidetracker.com slash adventure sports. Inside Tracker can get you ready and keep you ready for all your favorite adventure sports. That is plenty of that for now. Let's get back into the episode. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's like asking uh, <laughs> who of children. Depends is on the day, huh? <laughs> but I really enjoyed all of those disciplines, if I can call it like this. But uh, but I I do love mountains. I do love ocean and uh, all nature is just beautiful and if i just change the the means of transportation i i, I can't i can't say that oh the bicycling was the best or 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 uh, roller skiing was the best each of those journeys had something in in it which uh, which attract me and uh, some i definitely want to do some other roller skiing trip maybe some sometime in the future i definitely want to have more bike touring in the future right now i'm dreaming about climbing some mountains too sometime because that's what i haven't done for a couple of years already so so with each leg of this journey you you know you have a set amount of time and then you have to go back home uh to to, to make more money and to to save save some stuff and also spread the word about what you're doing but the overall goal is to circumnavigate the world by human power alone, correct? Yeah, that's correct. And I know that on your show there was a, a gentleman, Erden Eruch, and uh, there is another gentleman, uh, Jason Lewis. Uh, those both are uh, inspiration to me, as well Colin Angus, who have circumnavigated the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, there are a couple of those uh, human-powered circumnavigators out there. Just really few, but uh, I know some of the guys who are now on the roads. That's the idea, to go all around the world just using human power. No motor, no sail, so any means of transportation like bicycling, I don't know, like uh, roller skiing or uh, walking, rowing, kayaking, that's all good. <laughs> as long as you you make a distance just by your own and that's kind of i think also some inspiration from like mountaineering there is because i sunk the, the this inspiration from the old style climbers who climbed like big mountains 8000 meter peaks uh, in himalaya without uh, supplement oxygen so without uh, any support because that's kind of I think it's a kind of a cheating because if your body can go up to six and a half thousand meters, uh, then that's your level. If you can go higher, seven thousand, seven and a half, uh, that's your level. And if you can climb eight thousand meter peak on your own without uh, artificial oxygen, that's what you can do. And uh, so I think some inspiration from that too. And that's why I think this human power thing uh, attract me so much so yeah okay and, and so what kind of are the big pieces of what's left for the circumnavigation around the world i know you are currently on your way to australia uh then what, what what's your plan then and then what's kind of after that as well well 
uh, I found out that uh, my plan is to, <laughs> has been changed already maybe some nine times or something because some conditions change, some uh, options change, and, and also you have to take in account the weather seasons. My plan was to go to Australia now, but uh, when I was approaching Papua New Guinea, the winds in Salomon Sea blew me north-northwest and I'm so high now in uh, PNG, so I think, no, that's definitely, I, I am not about to go to Australia now, I am about to go to Asia. It's uh, about 2,500 nautical miles to mainland Asia now from my location in Madang. So I will take course of uh, just uh, slightly north and more west, so northwest I will to reach mainland Asia. Where I'm gonna end up, it's difficult to say whether it will be Malaysia, Vietnam, China. I can't say now, and that's, a, and that's a, uh, I think, a fun of it, and, and that's also interesting for the followers to, to, f to follow this journey, because uh, the waters in front of me now haven't been rowed before with this kind of ocean rowing boat. There have been a, quite a few uh, ocean crossings from North America to Australia, from South America to Australia. But those waters in front of me now, they, there's no, no historical uh, rows there. So I don't know, to be honest, to, do, to say precisely where I'm going to end up because uh, the weather will change uh, in the middle of uh, November. Uh, second part of November, the wind will change in uh, uh, South China Sea. I I don't know yet, but it's uh, there is that that thrill, that um, I don't know magnet, uh, that uh, that unknown, and that really calls me out to go and experience all that. So. <laughs> wow! Now, did you mention that you're married? Oh no, I am not married. No, and uh, well, I thought you mentioned wife. <laughs> well, uh, I think there is a time for a, a family in my life in the future, and I like uh, now. I found out those families who travel around the world with the sailing boats, and I met uh, those guys in French Polynesia, in uh, Tuvalu Islands. I was just so inspired by them, and I think maybe that's something what i would like to experience with my future family like to come back to those places where i have been with the rowing boat maybe to come back the the, the second time with the sailing boat with the with the, with the family and uh, to create great experiences for for my family and children but that's in the future i i don't know it's it's somewhere in the future yeah looking forward to someday <laughs> right we just had a family on the show that that rose, uh, well, they're a brand new family, a newborn baby on the boat, and they've been on the ocean traveling for eleven years on a sailboat all around oh, the world. Wow, that's that's amazing. Actually, check it out. It was it was last week's episode. All right, I have to download new episodes because uh, I found out uh, about your show when I was in French Polynesia. 
I download all of the episodes and you can imagine as I'm rowing 12 hours a day, there is enough time to listen to all of them and some of them even twice. <laughs> so, yeah. That's awesome. And, and there's, uh, I remember on, those, on these uh, um, earlier episodes where uh, Kurt or Travis is saying that, oh, we are creating this to, to get you going, like uh, to get you out there or to get you going if you are already out there and I'm rowing there a Pacific and I'm like, yeah, I'm already out there and that's a good fuel. And it helps you keep going. <laughs> that's great. Uh, thanks for the show. It's amazing. I just uh, got so, so much inspiration from, from your episodes. So really love the show. <laughs> wow. Well, it's people like you that give us something to talk about, you know? It's people out there doing it that makes, you know makes the person sitting at the office at 25, 28, 30, 35, whatever age they are and say, you know, I'm tired of this. I want to do something with my life. And I don't have to, it doesn't have to be, you know, 10 years straight. It can be what you're doing, doing it in sections for many, many months at a time, coming home, seeing family, raising money, and then continuing out. It can be whatever you want it to be. You know, it doesn't have to, that's, that's the beauty about hearing from all these people is there's so many different ways people are having adventures. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, that's the thing uh, that, because uh, as I, I like to say that there is a, you know, as humans, we, we have like 55 or 65% of us are water. So any water in the world will end up in the ocean. So we are kind of part of uh, ocean. So we have our own oceans to row. So any one of us. So whether it's a big trip or just a weekend journey, uh, just you just need to get out and, and have some fun. <laughs> yeah. I get out and have some fun. So, so tell us... Uh... Tell us what what's one of your favorite stories about may, maybe this most recent row from Peru to PNG or even from the bike trip before. Uh, what, what's something that sticks out of your mind as a, as a story that helps people inspire people to get out there? Well, uh, these uh, well, for example, this journey now from Peru to uh, Papua New Guinea. It's been already uh, one year and one month when I'm on this journey. Three months I have spent on islands and uh, the rest of the time is... So yeah, I've been in my ocean rowing boat for 10 months and uh, that's just amazing because I encountered so, so wild and so unique nature that it's just... I don't know, when I approach Hivaoa Island in uh, Marquesas, uh, that's in French Polynesia, after 140 days, you know, uh, I'm a man uh, 30, uh, 34 years old, and I was just by looking on the landscape, what I saw, these uh, mountains of that island and those cliffs and those green fields, I was just crying. That was just so so uh, beautiful that I was crying because of the beauty of a landscape and uh, I don't remember in my life that uh, before that someone uh, so something could touch me so deeply inside that that even uh, you know the 
uh, I, st I start to start to cry. It's, it's just uh, mind-blowing for me uh, because that kind of beauty of nature is it's so so unique we just we just uh, don't see that in a day to day life i was out there like 140 days all that was uh, all the time filtering through me all all this beautiful ocean uh, all these encounters with the whales with sharks with dolphins with turtles with birds all that was uh, was something like a fuel to move on to just uh, that's 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 uh, my inspiration and uh, and I found this that uh, all that just charged me so much that uh, I I just can't live without it to because there there have been so many like uh, encounters with the wildlife with animals I I can't even find one one story to tell because all of that was so so amazing that uh, at some point the dolphins uh, come closer to my boat sometimes time they they are very like quick visitors just for a couple of minutes and then they are gone but uh, there was once when uh, they stayed for uh, maybe 40 minutes or 1 hour and just uh, just flipping around the boat and uh, they were about i don't know something around 20 of them and i i could uh, film them underwater how they play how they talk with each other with their with their voices it's just so amazing yeah <laughs> so 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 there's more interaction with animals that is out there than than someone who's never done this probably realizes yeah and and um, so a lot of a lot of encounters with the wildlife with animals some time to time some some sharks uh, approach the boat uh, sometimes they are they are like, <laughs> like just I don't know the names of those sharks unfortunately I, I don't recognize uh, uh, them but uh, but uh, some time to time they are aggressive sometimes time not and sometimes they hit the boat uh, with such a force that the sound which uh, I hear in the cabin is it's so loud that I think wow it was it was like like someone uh, hit with the uh, with the brick you know because uh, and I, and then I think oh, oh there's uh, six millimeters marine plywood which separates me from this uh, from the shark or this six millimeters marine plywood which separates me from five six seven kilometers depth of the ocean but at the same time oh my I, feel, I feel very safe in my boat I feel very safe in my boat so it's amazing it's just amazing those sunrises sunsets and sometimes ocean it's like calm as like um like a desktop uh, and uh, it's uh, really calm waters sometimes uh, it's uh, big waves there we, there was actually one accident uh, on this trip i broke my oar and uh, that was uh, because the boat was almost flipped from one side uh, one uh, one nasty wave almost flipped the boat but i i managed to balance it but uh, at the at the same time well, yeah, one of my carbon, one of six my carbon ores gave out and uh, I'm happy to have the, the spare ones.
That is crazy. Do do you get lonely just being out there on the boat by yourself, especially because you weren't originally planning on it? Well, uh, yeah, but at the same time, I don't feel lonely. I don't know. I maybe that's because I have a small audiobook library with me. I have listened to some like one hundred. No. More than that, almost 200 books on this trip. Wow. And also, that's the food for my brain. And also, of course, the the podcasts. And sometimes I don't listen to anything. And I just row and I just enjoy the sound of the waves, the sound of the wind, the sound of the birds. And I just, uh, yeah, and I just enjoy. Uh, so I think everything depends on your decision. If you think that, oh, I might get... Yeah, I'm, I might lose my mind on this trip. You will lose your mind definitely. But uh, <laughs> I, I choose to enjoy. I choose to have fun. I choose to, you know, in the uh, registration papers of my boat, it's written, it's pleasure vessel. <laughs> so I, I treat pleasure vessel. <laughs> yeah, pleasure vessel. No, for for each kind of uh, boat there is uh, the, the the type of the boat like cargo or a passenger ship or uh, or yacht or like and my boat is a pleasure vessel. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's how I treat my kind of ideas about how this trip should look like and how it will play out. So I always look forward that uh, it's going to be fun. I am going to enjoy it, and whatever comes, I I can create my own space uh, in the middle of uh, rough seas to be calm, because there's no other way, you know. Otherwise, yeah, you you might lose your mind because sometimes uh, uh, sometimes during the night when you sleep, uh, well, most of the times you drift positively. Uh, to the west, to the right direction. But sometimes I've been blown back, maybe a day, sometimes two days. So then you wake up in the morning and, well, yeah, you continue. You know, if you just start to uh, complain about situation, how does that help to, to solve that? So, Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I guess if you weren't just naturally or or chose to be just so so positive you you couldn't do something like this it it almost requires that you be immensely positive about anything that happens because i can imagine there have been plenty of things that have happened especially in this last part that 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 caused you to maybe question should i be doing this uh, maybe i'm wrong could could you answer that so regarding the the change or the situations, uh, yeah, I'm sometimes uh, worried when my health, when there is some problems with my health. So I'm not a doctor, uh, but uh, I I try to cure myself uh, with the solutions what I have on the boat. And those situations are a bit tricky because then I'm worried that would I be able to continue. But, uh, you know, I always believe that I am in the right place because uh, I choose to do that. And I don't think I question myself so much like, is that the right thing, what I have to do? I I, I really, like... um, I'm sure that it is the right thing, and that's that's how I help myself to also to to move forward. I think, and and I think it's important to say that uh, I uh, have heard so, for for example from other adventurers 
who see their adventures a bit differently. For example, I see all from this uh, bright side and from the positive side, but I have I have heard from some adventures that they see that they are like fighting against the uh, uh, obstacles or that they are like pushing through. But I can't uh, recognize myself into this kind of mm, attitude. I found myself as a you know, in a, in the martial arts, I'm not a professional, but in the martial arts, if someone pushes you, you pull. You don't push back. Mm. Use a free energy, and I always try to use that free energy. If if someone is pulling me, I don't. Sometimes you have to understand that you don't push back. You pull, and with that pull, you gain more. Yeah, that's that's a kind of a way of of thinking about these kind of obstacles. But also, uh, you know. I, I'm not a like woo-woo guy. I wake up every morning <laughs> to my team, you know. I, I row for 12 hours a day. I'm not just sitting in the boat and I'm like, oh, the ocean will push me there and I will just uh, just drift there. No, I wake up and I do my thing, and, <laughs> you know. And and then at the, si- at the same time, there are some miracles. Who, when when they happen, they, they happen. And... Uh, and then, then you are very grateful for that. That that nature helped you. That ocean allowed you to cross the ocean. That mountain allowed you to climb there. You don't conquer there. I hate that. <laughs> I just uh, oh conquering. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, uh, it's uh, that's uh, you can't conquer any any kind of mountain or any kind of ocean. You are just uh, a small drop in that. So you are very grateful that ocean or mountain allows you to be there and allows you to climb allows you to row across mm, yeah that's that's i guess the mindset which helped me a lot to get where i am now i am a bit more than halfway around the world now wow I, and man i just wanted to go back to that word of wisdom about using the free energy that is i've never i've heard that but i've never thought to apply it really outside of martial arts but that is an incredible word of wisdom you know uh, yeah like what a what a great way to handle these random situations in life and especially the situations that you faced i mean you know if, if you just like i don't know it's just i don't know that really struck me that's really good really good advice i'm gonna write that down all right cool yeah, uh, we first encountered that uh, when we were approaching uh, Rio de Janeiro uh, in 2016 because we were, everything was against us. Like we were, uh, instead of 100 days, that was the day 141. Instead of uh, getting there by the Olympic Games, we were like one month after Olympics. Our bodies were covered by by boils. Uh, my friend had a broken ribs, and the wind and the stream, everything was against us. We did and tried everything to to get to the shore, and there was like only twenty kilometers to get to the shore, but we we just couldn't. And and that moment, I thought to myself, well, if it's not meant to happen, it's not going to happen. But we have done everything, everything in our uh, what is in our forces to uh, to do, and in our abilities to change the situation. 
we really have to kind of uh, look forward for a miracle to happen, you know. And uh, after a couple of hours, uh, because actually I switched off the GPS at that time, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't watch that we are drifting back and back uh, uh, in, into the ocean. Uh, and uh, that was already, we were, we were circling there about like one and a half weeks close to Rio. Uh, we couldn't make the distance, which was which you could make in two days. But we were there already one and a half weeks to, to trying to somehow getting closer and closer, and and we were just throwing back and back into the ocean. And and then in one moment, the stream and the wind or something started to turn, and started to turn more, and then more, and then more, and then it was not pushing me, uh, us against, but pulling us to the coast, but different coast, not the one we have planned, but the different one. And we just understood whatever, we will go whatever coast we can, we can find, you know, uh, right. because before some guys uh, send us the information that, oh, don't go to the beach, they, it's the, they can arrest you. We don't care. Like we oh, let's be <laughs> arrest, but, but we will be on the shore because it's 142 days already. And we were just heading into the beach. And, and then the final moments at the, uh, like the last uh, hour, we saw a small, not a yacht club, but that was just a fisherman's boat harbor or kind of where, where we end up. And we, yeah, we end up uh, without using any tow or nobody pulled us there, but we just use it, that, uh, that free energy, that kind of a miracle which happened at the right moment. But up to that, we did everything what was in our forces. So, yeah. So when you when you go back home or when when you take a when you get done with one part of the trip and and you go back home what what is that like to be there and what what do people around you say you know is it hard to connect with people after after an experience like what you just had you know I I'm kind of easy going guy I think <laughs> because when I get back. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah. I found myself uh, back into the to the life of uh, like a city. Uh, well, the capital of Latvia is like six hundred thousand uh, inhabitants, so that's not like uh, millions and millions of people. But I have my friends there who who support me. I have my family who support me. Yeah, I'm 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 lucky man to have them on my side, and uh, they always. Uh, they always uh, try to help me with anything what they can, uh, whether that's uh, supporting with the with the hosting of web page or whether it's uh, uh, some advice or something or some logistic issues what I have to solve. I don't know. I when I get back, there is things to do. Like uh, I I put the story together. Uh, then I can go around schools to share my to share my experience and to maybe inspire them to do whatever they plan to do in their lives. So that's uh, that's one part of what well, this board of borders project. Uh, what I can help to some somebody else. And the other thing is that with each stage, I try to help to some charity. And that's what we haven't talked about, and I, I can uh, tell just a little bit more about this because yeah, this this absolutely. part 
this part now across the Pacific, it's called Grow Together. It's row together and grow together. So I invite uh, people to row with me, like virtually, and uh, donate uh, like uh, how much in dollars? It's like seven dollars per per kilometer uh, to donate, uh, and all funds go to a foundation who helps families to adopt children uh, from orphanages. So the idea is that all children can grow up in a family and that's why uh, grow together so <laughs> that's kind of uh, how this uh, rowing and growing together is playing uh, playing a common role and if i can take someone with me in my boat like virtually or just uh, as an idea as i'm helping to this uh, charity foundation then i'm just happy to to uh, so they can jump on board. Have you heard from anybody about hearing about your adventure and them starting to do something or them getting involved? And have there anyone ever reached out to you saying how much you've inspired them? You know, I haven't heard like uh, some uh, somebody. Hmm, that's a good question. I'm just wondering who. Well, I have heard, of course, some people who who are following the journey. They say that, yeah, it's really inspiring and uh, that uh, it somehow gives them a chance to see their lives and their challenges from a different point of view. There have been some friends of mine who told me that uh, when they think about my journeys and my challenges, they sh uh, that's kind of shake them up and, oh, He's out there, like completely alone in the middle of nowhere, and and I'm here in uh, in in uh, city and do and 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 complaining about this or that, but uh, and there therefore they are inspired uh, to cope with their challenges. Maybe that's not like an outdoor challenge or kind of adventure challenge, but just day to day uh, life, maybe, and that's where I also get inspiration from them afterwards, you know, because. Uh, by sharing this all inspiration with our friends, families, and people around us, it's just uh, how it all goes on and uh, just fuels by themselves, you know, free energy again, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. You know, I know you can't talk, you, or I know you you might not know exactly what the future holds, uh, but, but what are you thinking it's turning into, knowing that you're not going to go down to Australia uh, what do you foresee in this next step of the, the route, being halfway through the trip? All right. Well, uh, yeah, I know that I will finish, uh, I will end up in Namibia, uh, Luderlitz port. That's, that's the, when, I, when I'm, uh, I don't know, might take me maybe two years or, uh, yeah, uh, at least two years, I think. Uh, because I, I'm, uh, as I said, I'm doing this by stages, so I have to count in the time when I'm back in my country. But the next stage, just from here to reach mainland Asia, it will be very interesting for for me because it's not like it's not like the middle of the ocean where the trade winds and the streams are very stable, and most of 
the times like just the every day is no they the wind blows the same the stream is the same and you just roll 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 but here it will be completely different because uh, as i'm closer to the shore as i'm closer to some islands and there will be a lot of islands in front of me uh, between me and asia there will be some very very funny things i think with my road because because the wind and the streams will dictate me uh, their rules and i just have to take them in account and uh, and pull as best as i can <laughs> so that's that's just this next uh, 3 months uh 3 to like 90 to 100 days i assume it might take me to get to Asia from uh, Madang in PNG. And then afterwards, uh, I think, well, I know that uh, then, I, uh, then I make a, a short stop there, the trip, because I fly back home at least for a couple of months uh, definitely to to again to restart the budget <laughs> and myself to to see my family and my friends and and then i, I go back to asia uh, and i think bicycle is maybe in the next uh, type of transport i will use but let's say up to now uh, it's not so clear that the, the further journey because uh, it again might change in a in a few months uh, depending or uh, depending on where I will end up uh, with the boat the main goal now is um, mainland Asia continent where I can continue with the bicycle so uh, let's see how it goes and maybe we can make uh, some other story when I when I'm in Asia or, or when I have some updates about the journey because this is what I decided like a couple of years ago that's the journey of like for a life adventure which lasts the lifetime so I, I mean I just am speechless your your ability to be flexible and your ability to say you know despite mince things mince plans changing you're able to continue on and yeah you say you know it's not exactly how you wanted to it when you set out but you know, you, I don't know that because I still see that you you're doing the trip and you're still out there having an adventure, and it's just incredibly impressive. Oh. And uh, it's just awesome to see someone with such a great attitude making their way around the world and having just I can't even imagine how many adventures along the way. Oh man, and I'm so glad that uh, I have this opportunity to share all this joy and all these amazing things what I have encountered. And uh, I am inspired by the stories, and I just I'm so happy to share my journey. So uh, thanks, thanks for you to to have this opportunity to uh, to share all this journey with all of the listeners and all of those adventures out there who are who are now out there and listening to this so it's so cool my, my last question is how can people follow you and, and how can they keep up with what you're doing so yeah the the right uh, the best uh, place to follow the journey is board of borders on facebook or the same board of borders.com uh, there is a section of uh, location where every four hours when I'm in the ocean, there is new new location point. And uh, basically, that's that's how I track my route around the, the world. So 
I'm on Instagram too, but while me, while I'm in the ocean, it's really difficult to post something on Instagram. I can imagine. I just send that's the board of borders, the same uh, the same name there. While I'm in the ocean, I send just text messages from phone to my friend who is uh, helping me with posts uh, on Facebook. So uh, Facebook is the is the central part um, where it's yeah all all the news are there. It's people like you that make this show possible. So, you know, we, we, we just provide a platform for you to talk. And you're, you guys are the stars of this show. And, and I just appreciate you being on. And I'm excited to be following you. And, and, and when you're done, we're absolutely going to talk to you uh, when you complete the journey um, or whatever it becomes. You know, who knows what, what might change by then. So, yeah, well, I have, to be honest, I have some fun ideas where this journey might take me and like uh, maybe it's not right now the right time to share those ideas but i will definitely share with you and then let's see if we can uh, uh, make some new story yeah looking forward to 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 share the adventure because this is happening now guys this is happening now just just now <laughs> that's so cool you're on the trip it is very amazing oh well you know we talked to people that you know maybe their trip was 10 20 years ago but you're you're doing it you're out you're there right this second so that is uh that's very impressive and so uh carlos man i really appreciate you being on um please be safe have uh, have fun i know you're gonna enjoy it so much but um yeah man we're looking forward to hearing from you again yeah guys thanks a lot you're awesome. All right, you are too. All right, man. Talk to you later. See ya. Bye. All right. See ya. First of all, thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us that you choose to listen to this show. If you'd like to help us further, you can leave a review on iTunes, share us with your friends, your family. It goes a long way to grow in the show. You can also support us financially through patreon.com slash adventure sports podcast link is in the show notes and also if you have an idea of who could be a good guest for the show we're always looking for people to tell their story uh, about the outdoors or adventure so if you know someone please reach out email us at info at adventure sports and until then get out there and have some fun <laughs>